As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. They can help you in any industry. With just one interview at Express, you have a connection to endless jobs. Whether you want a contract job or a new full-time role, choose Express Employment Professionals. Express has 860 locally owned locations and no fees for job seekers. Visit ExpressPros.com. That's ExpressPros.com today to find a location near you. This is the best of the Jason Smith Show on Fox Sports Radio. The Cam Newton story has taken over. Jordan Rodrigue is a Carolina Panthers beat reporter for the Charlotte Observer. Today at the normal Wednesday press conference, Cam Newton was answering questions and she wanted to ask a question about the routes that Devin Funches has been running the last couple weeks, been getting more physical with his play, and she wanted to get Cam Newton's opinion on it. And Cam Newton's answer, oh boy. Cam, I know you take a, a lot of pride in seeing your receivers play well. Devin Funches has seemed to really embrace the physicality of his routes and, and making getting those extra yards. Does that give you a little bit of an enjoyment to see him kind of truck-sticking people out there? It's funny to hear a female talk about routes, like, funny oh boy boy. it's really not funny it's more he really you could hear the silence was he really just said that he really just said and completely dismissed a woman reporter and her question because she's a woman 
Can't cut it up any differently than that. He dismissed Jordan Rodriguez because she's a woman, and she asked him about routes now, now and, let me, and being physical on his routes. Now, let me take this to the next level. Scott Fowler, Charlotte Observer, uh, S. Fowler at charlotteobserver.com, his, his email address. He wrote a, an article about this and, and had the follow-up towards the end of the news conference and what happened after that. Jordan Rodriguez found Newton to talk about what he said and was able to catch up with him. The conversation, and this is him talking to uh, Mr. Fowler, talking to his colleague, wasn't tape, went kind of like this. She asked Cam Newton if he didn't really think a female could understand routes. Newton said he wasn't, she wasn't seeing specific routes when watching the game. She was just seeing if someone was open. She argued that he didn't know what she saw nor how hard she'd studied football and that perhaps they should have a, a, a bit deeper conversation. He said, Newton, that maybe it's, he should have said it was funny to hear, quote, reporters talk about routes and that if she actually did know about them, she knew more than most reporters and gestured toward the locker room still feed, feel, filled with her colleagues. And then she ended by asking Cam Newton and had introduced herself on the first day of her employment with the Observer in October 2016 if he knew her name since she'd been there for an entire year. He said he did not. She reintroduced him, herself and walked away. Cam Newton, every time he gets a chance, he shoots himself in the foot. He makes it impossible to like him because of situations like this. Think about the biggest moments of his career, all right, when he's going to get drafted. What does he say? I want to be an entertainer. How many people did that rub the wrong way? You can sure. be an entertainer. That's fine. You can be an entertainer. But when you tell people, what do you, I want to be an entertainer. Wait, you don't want to be the best quarterback in the history of the NFL. You don't want to be a Super Bowl winning quarterback. You don't want to be a star player in the NFL. You don't want to, you want to be known as an entertainer. So right away, biggest moment of his career, getting set for the NFL draft, and he drops that. See, I, had, I was okay with that because I thought all of the things you mentioned were a given. Oh, of course, but uh, but that you didn't need to vocalize but those. But when that, you say I want to be in it, that's not going to do anything but rub people the wrong way. That's not going to win you any more. Well, fans. all it's doing is putting a, a bunch of notes in the column saying as soon as you struggle, right, we can go back to this or make people go, yeah, I don't know about him, and yeah, he wants to be an entertainer. The Super Bowl, he's his own worst enemy. What does he do? He doesn't jump on the fumble yeah. that he should have jumped on. How many times you see that a, that gif today? Oh, making a business decision, which still pisses me off more than the walking out of the press conference after, but this is, the profile is the highest on Cam Newton. He's at the hottest part of his career. What does he do? He doesn't jump on a fumble, and he gets pouty during a press conference, and he walks out. Certainly, the fumble is a much bigger deal to me than the press conference, but you can't ignore the press conference. Was a big thing for a lot of people. And now here, he just beats the Patriots. All right, all the Cam Newton doom and gloom, he's not the same because he hasn't been. He hasn't been 100%. He's just getting back. He has a phenomenal game against the Patriots. They win on the road. Oh, Cam Newton is back. His career is still going. And now here he is. Oh, it's funny when a woman says something. He makes it impossible to like him because he continues to be his own worst enemy. I mean, there's things. He needs that Herm Edwards button in his head, that don't press send button. That's like, don't say that. Don't say that. Because if he, if those three things, if he can just stay away from, from torpedoing himself with those three things, he's the absolute biggest superstar in the NFL, well, you've seen how, and we can't get enough of him. And you've seen how hard they've tried to market him along the way, right? Between the yogurt commercials that show up on my 
when my kids are watching television and and all the different shows that have tie-ins to the Play 60 and everything else, uh, all, all of those different programs, Cam Newton's one of the front and center actors and, and players that are, that are put forth. So you have that as a young, charismatic guy, but then he, he does this. Because the rest of his answer was a great answer on Devin Funch. Yeah, it was. That nobody's ever going to hear. That nobody's ever going to hear. Because he, he did this so flippantly, and it, it's just inexcusable on so many levels. This day and age, the number uh, of reporters, and she'd been there for an entire oh, year. I know. Look, I get that maybe you don't know the names of the people. No, and, and I, I'm not I even saying that. that. Just her I, I presence. That. She's there. Yeah, it's that, but I recognize the face. Maybe you don't know the name. Because, I. Because look, we have interns who cycle through here, and they're here two nights a week you know, for four months. And sometimes I'll say to you at the end, I'll go, Hey, what's our intern's name? Well, because the other thing what's, is what's they don't, they're afraid to look name? you in the eye. Right. Well, well, they should be. Your you know, reputation precedes you. Don't look at me. But, you know, sometimes that happens. And, and I get that. You know, some people are great with names and faces. I understand. If you don't know somebody's name because they're only calling questions to you in a press conference, I understand that. But you know their face. You know they're there. You know they've been there for a long time. And, and to not do that, I'll tell you what. If this doesn't show you, and we have, you know, we have a huge race problem in our country. We have just as big a woman issue as far as when people think women are inferior and can't do certain jobs and shouldn't be doing certain jobs. We have that, and that is just as big a deal. We have the silent majority of people who think women can't do this and shouldn't do this. We have woman bias during the election for Hillary Clinton. We have woman bias in Hollywood when it comes to salaries and how much they're not making compared to what the men are making. Jennifer, um, uh, Michelle Rodriguez uh, went on a whole big thing about this with the Fast and the Furious a couple of months ago. Many places that they, the gender equality line is just gone. And especially in sports, where women are kind of tolerated by people. They should be accepted widely. I, I can't imagine what the Lisa Guerreros and, and, and the... The Jen Sturgers and everybody else from the early 2000s went through to try to blaze the trail for the women who have been able to succeed in sports today. Susie Kalber as well, who stuck in it for a long time. Jeannie Zalasco, all of them. I can't imagine what they went through. And now you're seeing more people and more women in prominent roles. But I guarantee you, if you took a, an honest poll, you'd get a silent majority of people saying women shouldn't be in sports, and this is one of those things. Here's Cam Newton not agreeing that a woman can ask a question about routes. Really, can't ask about routes. I can't ask about that. I mean, it's not like she said, Cam. Um, what your fa- what's your favorite fashionista trend of the last? I mean, it's which he probably would have answered because he's a big fashionista. But it's not like she asked him a completely off the cuff and, and out, you know, a, a, a quote girl question. She asked about the routes that Devin Funches is running. And, and, and that suddenly is, oh, I love it when women want to ask questions about routes. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show weeknights at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Joining us right now on the hotline, she is an analyst for CBS Sports. CBS Sports Network appears regularly on that other pregame show, also on the NFL Today. Last year, she wrote a book entitled You Negotiate Like a Girl 
On her experience in the NFL, she served as the Raiders CEO from 1997 until 2013, and she has one of the best Twitter handles and greetings on Twitter. She says hi to you all the time. Amy Trask joins us. Amy, how are you? Well, I'm doing well, and I do say hello to everybody on Twitter all the time. And some people ask me why I do so. Well, you know, I view Twitter as my Twitter village. And if I ran into you on the street, I would say hi. So if I run into you on the Twitter street, I say hi. I see people on Twitter. They're so It makes their day. Hey, Amy Trask said hi to me on Twitter, and they, they're doing backflips. Well, I don't know about that. But um, <laughs> I, look, if I ran into you on the street, I'd say hi. So I run into you on the Twitter street, I say hi. See, Jason would cross the street. He doesn't trust Uber or Lyft. He's got a lot of problems in the social world here, Amy, so we may need your help here. Well, I don't know that I'm the best one to help on the social issues, but I'll lend a hand if I can. All right, well, let's get to Cam Newton here because you had a great drop-the-mic moment after uh, talking about Cam Newton's comment today to a female reporter. You put on Twitter, oh, Cam, don't worry, I don't talk roots. I talk man versus zone, single high safety, three-man rush, 4-3 versus 3-4. Let me know if you need a hand. And I I think that, that, that that was the best kind of response you could have to a statement like he did. Well, you know, you know, it was my effort, and, and tone of voice doesn't always come across in the written word, and, and I, I believe that people understood my tone to be uh, warm-hearted and funny and silly. Uh, I wish that I had more room because I would have added, you know, I think it's funny when I talk routes as well because I really do like talking defense much better, and I would have gone on and said, you know, if I can help you read some defense, I'm happy to pitch in. Um, so I, I did intend it to be a bit tongue-in-cheek and, and a, a silly, lighthearted response to make a point nicely to something that, that clearly, um, as you said, ignited a fire with many people. Well, what was your reaction after, after you heard this story? Now, you've had time to chew around on well, it for a little while. <laughs> you know, I was in a meeting this afternoon that began a, a bit before this all occurred, and I got out many hours later, and, and my phone had exploded, and Twitter had exploded, and, and it was... Um, I, I was really just working to catch up, and I saw what happened and tweeted my response. And I hadn't actually heard um, the 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 words in the tone of voice. I had simply read them until I listened to you just just play them. And look, there's a there's a serious point in all of this to address your last question. There are real problems in this world that need to be addressed by all of us collectively in a reasoned and reasonable manner. We need to learn to disagree agreeably, to listen and to learn. And we've got to stop judging people based on race, gender, religion, ethnicity, and all those individualities that distinguish us and and make us the individuals we are. It's 2017. Why aren't we there yet as a society where we judge one another on the content of our character, not on these other external individualities? Amy, we have this comment, and obviously in your role with the Raiders and being around the game, have we made progress, or is this still, in, when you get into locker rooms, that this is still pervasive? Well, look, you know, I was around locker rooms for almost 30 years, and I did not find that it was pervasive. That doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Um, And and let me be quick to say, you know, I also worked for a man, Al Davis, for those almost 30 years, who hired without regard to race, gender, ethnicity, religion, and and all those 
individualities I mentioned. So that, you know, clearly set a tone in the organization. And I understand I had the privilege of working for a team owner that was absolutely unconcerned with my gender. So, um, you know, I think people within the organization, not all of them, but they took note of that. And, and by the way, you know, of, of course I met with some resistance in my career. But you know what? It wasn't in the locker room. My experience with athletes is that athletes judge their coworkers on whether they can get the job done. You know, can the left tackle block his man or does he need the guard to slide over and help him? You know, if I'm a corner, can I cover my guy man on man or does the safety need to help me? As a general rule, I found less resistance in the locker room than other, other places. Where did you find the most resistance? There were a couple people here or there um, that I interacted with uh, in the organization when I joined it and, and elsewhere in the league. And you know what? I chose to do my job. I chose not to spend any of my time or effort or energy worrying about the fact that they were bothered by my gender. Because, frankly, if it was bothering them and draining their time and energy and their effort, let them waste that. I wasn't going to waste mine. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show, coming to you from the Geico Studios. On the hotline with us, CBS Sports Analyst, author, You Negotiate Like a Girl, CEO of the Big Three, Big First Inaugural Season, just wrapped up. Uh, You find her on Twitter, at Amy Trask. Say hi. It's Amy Trask with us here <laughs> on Vice Sports. There you go. Stop on by. Uh, add to uh, the, the followers and the conversation and discourse because important things being discussed. So, Amy, you know, the NFL released a statement pretty quickly saying, look, this isn't indicative of the way the league operates and how we handle things. Is there anything more they can do in terms of how th- this discourse pushes forward? I'm not sure I understand exactly what the league can do, or yeah, with the, with the league when they when we're talking about not not just press availability, but you know perhaps in terms of the the education as players get into the league, you know that you you are facing and talking to a diverse group of people, and that women consume your product uh, you perhaps know, as um, much as men. It's a great it's a great question, and I'll answer it in several regards. Uh, you know, one would hope at this point. We don't need to offer that education, but the league does that. When, when guys are drafted, when they join, whether they're drafted or I should say when they're rookies, so whether they're drafted mm-hmm. or they're undrafted rookie free agents, there is that sort of um, session and sessions that you're talking about where they're, they're told about media availability and who's going to be covering them and all the issues you just raised are addressed. Um, but at some point, shouldn't we all know this? I mean, look, when right. I joined the NFL... It was the early to mid-80s. And you know what? Okay, things were different back then. When I went to my first owner's meeting with Al Davis, um, I was the only woman in the room. But things are different now. I mean, I don't want to count how many years ago that was. And when I tell you that I started in the early 80s, I'd like to tell you I was 12 at the time. Um, <laughs> but that's but, all right. That, that, hey, you know, no, I'm going to say I'm going to tell everybody you're 29 years old. Prodigy. You look, there you go. Trash, there you go. Do the math. Yeah. Um, you know, it just it it befuddles me. It perplexes me that all these years later we're having this discussion again, and and it's. 
it's it's more than just sports. These are societal issues as a whole. But to answer your question, yes, the NFL does precisely what you're talking about in terms of rookie education and media availability and media preparation sessions. They do all this. You know, one thing, Amy, when I see this, and and, and this comes up uh, too uh, too often for it to not be a thing. You know, we talk a lot, obviously, about race and the problems that we have in the country with race. And I always see when I see stories like this, I, I know there's just as big of a, of a women are inferior issue that people have that's below the surface that just comes up at times like this. The, the, the gender equality in Hollywood. We saw it during the last election. There's just some times where people are going to say women can't be equals here. Women just can't compete in this arena, whatever it is, whether it's sports or politics or something else. And that's just as big an issue as race, but because it's not something that we've been dealing with on front pages for the last year, it's kind of under the surface, but I think it's just under the surface. Well, um, you know, the, the sort of the way I did my job for those, um, well, and, and the way I still do my job, I was going to reference the 30 years in the NFL um, or almost 30 years, but even now um, I do my job. And people ask me all the time, were you tested because you were a woman? Yeah, maybe I was. Let's say I was. Okay, let's agree I was. Well, what's the best answer when you're tested? Pass the damn test. (laughs) So that's where I put my focus, and that's where I directed my energy. If I was going to be tested, and look, people are tested all the time for different reasons. I mean, people are tested because of their age their gender, their race, their religion, their ethnicity. People are tested all the time for different reasons. Are you the oldest in the room, the youngest in the room? Um, Pass the test. Prove to people that you can do the job without regard to race, gender, ethnicity, or religion. Um, Be the best that you can be and prove them wrong. That's where I thought my energy was best focused. Raiders CEO from 1997 through 2013. You can see her now, CBS Sports, CBS Sports Network, on that other pregame show on the NFL today. Check out her book, You Negotiate Like a Girl, about her experiences as an executive in the NFL. It's available on Amazon. And when you're on Twitter, say hi. Amy will say hi to you. Amy, appreciate it. Thanks so much for stopping by. Great stuff. We're going to play your stuff back all night. So thank you so much. Thank you, and it's my privilege and pleasure to join you. I always enjoy our conversations, and I was delighted when you invited me. So thank you very much. Yep, hopefully we'll, we'll have you back soon, and go Bears. Look, Hey, that is right. Let's get our few go Bears in there. <laughs> Thanks a bunch, Amy. Appreciate it. <laughs> Bye, Amy. Bye-bye. Thank you. I'll tell you, not many people to talk to that can break stuff down and, and, and tell you A plus B equals C. Then Amy Trask does. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show weeknights at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. Tonight's game, Diamondbacks and the Rockies, look, it was thrilling. It was fun. It was back and forth. You had not quite lead changes because the Rockies could never get the lead. Arizona got up 6 nothing. The Rockies put up 4 in the 4th. They get another one in the 7th, and Arizona puts up 2. Then Colorado puts up 2, and Arizona puts up 3. Colorado puts up 1. It was exciting. It was exciting. You got what you wanted to see. All the big hitters hit well. Trevor Story had a couple of hits. Cargo was two for five. The Rockies really hurt them. Top of the order, LeMahieu and Blackman went a combined 0 for 9. But it was still an entertaining game. If we learn one thing the last two nights, it doesn't matter how entertaining a game is. 
if these games are going to all be four hours, people have hit the breaking point. I mean, there's times when we do stories and you think, well, eventually it's going to catch up to you. And you go, yeah, yeah, but not today. Not today, old man. Nope, I'm done. Not today. Not today. But eventually everybody's got to pay the piper. And when you set the precedent here, you had the two play-in games that were both four-hour games. You had 351 last night, 354 tonight. People just are not going to watch. They have hit that, you know what, it's the Major League Baseball playoffs and I'm unplugging. Trust me, even though the Yankees are in, the Dodgers are in, you got high-profile teams, Bryce Harper, the Cubs, people will not watch. You are going to see trends for Major League Baseball this October of when people are tuning in and when people are tuning out. And right now you had the first two games. The first three innings of each game were two hours. And you're like, oh, my, I, I, can't, I can't do that. I can't, I can't deal with that. The first three innings are usually an hour no matter what, but I can't deal with two-hour first three innings. People will stop watching at the beginning of games, or they'll tune out, or they'll wait and they'll tune in late, and they'll go, oh, you know what? The game started at 7.05. When do you need to watch the game? Like 9. I'll tune in like 9. Really? 9 o'clock? Yeah, yeah. It'll be like the sixth inning, and I'll watch for an hour and a half or so. Or you know what? I'll tune in about 9.30, quarter to 10 when we're in the seventh or eighth inning, and that's what I'm going to watch and see. And if it's a blowout, I don't need to tune in because this is the year when people realize, okay, you can't keep telling me and selling me that the games are going to be shorter, we're going to help the viewer, and then these games just get longer and longer and longer and longer. It's the pitching changes. It's the drama. Umpires don't nearly enforce the pace of play rules. They stopped really enforcing them this year. But in the playoffs especially, batters take a little more time. Pitchers take a little more time. It's not just you're coming in, you're coming out, because pitching changes are part of the game. But just overall, it's very difficult to say, okay, 7 o'clock the game is on and it's going to be over at 11. Or the game is on at you know 10 o'clock on the, on the West Coast, on the East Coast, because the West Coast game and the Dodgers game isn't over until 2 in the morning. That's difficult to say, okay, stay and watch. I think we're at that tipping point. Well, it's just like the inflation of footballs. They say they were going to check and then they didn't bother. <laughs> So same thing here in terms of I will of make sure that is inflated. Is it inflated? I don't know. I don't know. We <laughs> we have spot data. What does that mean? <laughs> Can we see it? No. So it'll be curious to see in terms of ratings when we go into key markets how people are are, are watching, right? Are are they sh- skipping those first 3 innings? Are they tuning in for first pitch and watching the the beginning and the flow? Like this was an entertaining game. You know, once you got to the fourth inning, by then you probably lost folks. Maybe they were off watching Survivor, some guy who may or may not save the world sitcom, whatever else might might have been on your television watching experience. You had 30 hits, five walks, all these pitching changes. So managerial strategy for those that want to get excited about the details of the game and pitcher-batter matchups and long-term planning, right? With Robbie Ray only throwing 34 pitches, obviously looking ahead when you've got a lead saying, okay, you've got him and he should be available Friday in some capacity, if not as the starter against Clayton Kershaw. But you you start looking down the road. It's still the playoffs. So I don't think people tune out altogether, but it certainly does put a lot of pressure. I mean, in this particular case, people on the East Coast, did they care about this game? No, because no, the winners going to play the Dodgers. And it was it wasn't the Yankees. It wasn't you watch tonight. Look at look, just not that social media is always a reflection on on society, but last night nine out of the ten trending topics on Twitter were Yankees twins. 
whether it was Judge, Severino, whatever it was, 9 out of 10. And tonight, you had maybe two. You had Archie Bradley, which is still trending because he hit a triple to drive in two runs for the Diamondbacks. It's a really big story. But right under that is WNBA Finals, Cam Newton, and then you get Rodney and Diamondbacks at the bottom. I mean, that, that's what it was. That shows you what this game tonight was for everybody compared to the Yankees. And when you're going to get to the point where it's going to be three games a day, that's really hard. It's really hard. Look, ratings in the local markets will be through the roof because that's that's what it is. Ratings for the, in Cleveland will be through the roof. In New York, through the roof. Everything else. But when you talk about, okay, nationally, what are we doing outside of the local markets? People don't have that time. People don't have that time. And, and like I said... This year is going to be the tipping point. I'm interested now to see how the ratings break down for these games. Every week we get them, whether it's from Awful Announcing or Deadspin or somebody else, oh, here's the ratings and here's what we've seen. We'll get them and we'll find out. There's no way people are staying in tune for, in, in, in tune for this. There's well, no but, way. But think about Friday night, right? When we talk about it all the time here locally with the Dodgers, except for Tuesday nights, the final six weeks of the season, most of the market didn't get to see them, so they'll be – dialed up now it'll be a late game Clayton Kershaw is going to have to take to the mound some 20 to 25 minutes later than normal we know he's a routine oh, he's guy not so be he is going to be that. salty not and we'll see how that react I mean are they going to fool him by changing the clocks in the dugout <laughs> is that what they do they have to go through that whole charade along the way so I mean there, there's certainly that I know we had um the the Rockies were having fun on Twitter so that was one of the subplots to this game uh quote you know, the fun, sad thing about playing on national TV is that there's four times more trolls and haters. Be positive. <laughs> Never give up. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show weeknights at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Joining us now on the hotline, Diamondbacks manager, Tori Lovello, giving you some UCLA walk-up music. Skip, how you doing? <laughs> I feel that. You know, that's one of my proudest songs. Whenever I hear that, it stops in my track. It's my home. That's where I'm at. I love it. Well, Thank you for that. No, hey, no problem. Uh, congratulations on the win tonight. Thanks, you guys. Yeah, good day, good win, good moment. I was proud of these guys. You know, there's a lot of emotion in a, in a one-game knockout game. So I'm, I'm real happy for these guys. I'm happy that we're moving on. All right, now tell me the truth. What's going through your head? You're watching Archie Bradley bat. You know, he had just come in in the top, gotten a run out. Here he is batting with two runners on. What's going through your head? Well, <laughs> I felt like uh, he was, you know, good enough. He's been working hard enough to, to go up and put up a good at-bat. But Pat Neshek has great stuff, and he overmatches really, really good hitters that have been hitting their whole life. But, you know, Archie had uh, has a knack for the big moment. We all know his personality. He loves the dive into those situations and um, got a good pitch. He got a mistake and, and drove it over the left center into the left center field gap. So when he was running around the bases, the one the one conscious thought I had was, oh, God, don't get hurt, don't slide, don't do anything, stop at second base. And then uh, when he finally does make it to uh, third base and he, he gets up in a cloud of dust and he's healthy and happy, and uh, that was like was relieved. But, you know, he, he's the type of guy I wasn't totally surprised by the outcome. He works hard for that type of stuff. You know, it's funny, we, his big quote after the game was, you know, why'd you hit that double? He said, well, I could tell I didn't have my best stuff tonight, so I'd have to do it with the bat. I was wondering if he told you that at any point. You know, Skip, I don't have my best stuff tonight, so I'm just going to hit. No. no, no, no. If he'd have told me that, it would have been like, let's get him out of the game. No way, get out. <laughs> but no, he, he, uh, he's got a great answer for all those, those little things that he walked through, and it doesn't surprise me he told you guys that. He's pretty quick-witted. 
I like that. One pitch, one out, get the triple, and then he gets to leave like George Costanza on a high note. Uh, Robbie Ray throws his thir- 34 pitches. Are, are we going to see him very early in, in this coming series based on that that move that you made in-game? Well, you know, uh, he did a great job of bridging the gap to the back end of our bullpen, and that's what we're looking for. And He's one of our best pitchers all year long. So I wasn't really thinking number-wise uh, where we clip him to make him available. We didn't know if we'd get through the game, but we'll do as a, as a group is we'll sit down, we'll talk about where we're at with uh, numbers and, and pitches and availability and keep moving forward for the uh, setting up our rotation for the next series. So those are things that we're talking about right now. I just came from my office with the front office uh, joining me, and we were walking through different scenarios. We'll see how guys come out of this tomorrow. we got to work out in L.A., let them get into their throwing program, and then piece together the best, the best uh, situation moving forward. How much does your regular season success against the Dodgers play into this series coming up? Well, I mean, it might give us a little bit of confidence to know that uh, that we, we're not going to get run over or we feel good about the matchup, and that, that'll just be our starting point. And uh, what I told these guys is that uh, in, in the postseason, it's totally different than the regular season. we got to go out and earn things in the regular season, which we did, and then once you, once you get to that point where – You've reached that different animal, and the postseason is upon you. You, you got to start to earn things all over again. So we're 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 finally through the the first checkpoint where we got through the wild card game, and we got to go out and earn everything we possibly can against a very qualified Dodger team, and that's going to be our mindset. All right, Skip. One more question before we let you go. How did Goldschmidt hit that ball? I mean, seriously, well, how yeah, did he <laughs> hit that ball? I mean, I know you how know, good he is, but come on. Yeah, he's he's a great hitter, and uh, you know, I've been. I've been talking about his 0 for 17 because people have been asking me that question left and right. And I, I just knew that a couple of days off, he was going to go back to the drawing board. He was going to hunt something. He's going to hunt a pitch. And he did. I think he was probably sitting on that pitch. And you can see it was a big three-run home run that got us playing downhill baseball. And that's what we did all year. Mr. Lavello, congratulations on the victory. Best of luck with the right. Dodgers and best of luck with Josh Rosen. And we'll talk to you all down right, the guys. road. Uh, I love that song, you guys. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> there you go. See you, Skip. Thanks. He's our guy now. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 
This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. CNN. 